Welcome to the Spa Pool Marketing Success Podcast, where you'll learn proven strategies to help you outsmart, outmarket, and outperform your competitors. Every episode is jam-packed with tips, tools, and tactics designed to drive more traffic, generate more leads, and increase sales. Now, here's your host, David Carlton. Today, I'm going to discuss a variety of different ways to improve your website design. Now, there are many steps involved in creating a website, and a lot of great books are available on how to go about doing this on your own. So today's podcast isn't really intended to be a comprehensive deep dive into website design. Rather, the goal is just to highlight the strategic decisions you need to make and specific direction you need to communicate to the person or agency you've selected to build your site. Now, hiring an expert to design your business website is definitely the right way to go versus, say, trying to build one on your own. But there are important things you need to understand and design decisions you should be aware of so that you can give proper direction to the people building your new site. Why? Even if someone else is crafting your website, the direction you provide affects the look and feel of your site and the end user experience, uh, which I've already mentioned ultimately affects how many leads you generate. So the information I'm about to share with you comes from testing and researching and building literally hundreds of websites over the past 15 years. So the four main areas I'm going to talk about today are number one, full screen versus boxed screen website design. Number two is long scrolling versus an above the fold homepage. Uh, Number three is website sliders. And number four is a mobile friendly design. A full screen design appears when somebody lands on your website and what they see takes up the entire width of the computer screen. And in a full screen layout, there are common elements like menu columns and sidebars uh, that are the same width. Now, by comparison, a boxed design uh, is contained within a vertical box Uh, centered in the middle of the computer screen with either a colored background or maybe even an image behind it. A box screen ensures that the layout is always the same regardless of the screen size. And both full screen and box screen designs can be responsive websites, which I'll talk about uh, shortly. So let's talk about long scrolling versus above the fold homepage. With a long scrolling uh, homepage design, visitors need to continuously scroll on their device to see everything on the web page. With an above the fold homepage, it's not necessary to scroll because everything shows at once on the screen. And the above the fold terminology is an old newspaper term that refers to the upper half of the front page of a newspaper or a tabloid that was folded in half. And this is generally where most of the important news and photographs are located. Long scrolling homepage have some unique benefits to them. And, you know, despite having to continuously scroll to find information, people don't really seem to mind that. And just think about the popularity of Facebook or Twitter or some of these other social media sites. They have a huge uh, user base uh, that proves that people are okay and are happy to scroll even on a mobile device. 
Now, on the other hand, analyzing Google Analytics can be complicated with a a long scrolling homepage. For example, achieving a low website bounce rate is tough as people tend to drop off when they must scroll through too much uh, information or wait for large photos or images to load. And I have actually added what's called heat maps to dozens of sites over the years. And this is what I discovered. People will scroll, but most don't like to scroll very far. So what are the uh, pros and cons of of a long scrolling uh, design? Well, the pros are it's faster and more convenient than clicking. It's easy to view information quickly without page loading time interfering with it. It's non-committal for the user and doesn't require the user to make a decision by having to uh, click somewhere. And people are used to scrolling on mobile devices. Now, the cons of uh, long scrolling, uh, you know, it can feel rather cumbersome and almost never-ending. Lengthy pages can create disinterest. Content can get confusing if the information really doesn't flow properly or logically. And it's tougher to track website analytics, um, as I mentioned before. So what are the pros and cons of an above-the-fold type of design? Well, the pros are that users can find what they're looking for faster. They really don't have to scroll. It's much more clearly organized and easy to see everything without uh, having to scroll. And tracking for analytics is much easier. Now, the cons... Well, users need to make conscious decisions about how and where to navigate. And clicking is a committed action, meaning that that the uh, viewer, uh, the visitor, has to make a decision in order to proceed. And unwilling visitors may leave the site if they're forced to click somewhere versus scrolling. And long lead times can interrupt the flow, uh, decreasing uh, user experience. Okay, so time to move on uh, and talk about website sliders now. Now, generally, I have to tell you that I'm not a big fan of sliders, and I'm not a big fan for the following reasons. The studies that I've read show that sliders do not help conversions, converting uh, website visitors into leads. And according to a study by leadpages.com, sliders have low click-through rate. Sliders aren't often mobile-friendly, Sliders can hurt your SEO, and that happens if the sliders are loading slow, then people may just hit the back button and and go to another page altogether, another site altogether. Another thing to consider is if you show the sliders too fast, your visitors will have a hard time reading what's there. Show them too slow, and all visitors are not likely to wait around to see them all. Now, the last point I want to make is about putting calls to action on your sliders. Calls to action or CTAs can be effective on sliders, but there is a catch. If you do have sliders, don't just put the calls to action on the sliders. And the reason is, other than the first sliders, uh, slider that uh, the person sees, most visitors to your site will never uh, end up going to the fifth or sixth slider. And while sales promotions or special offers are fine on sliders, as I mentioned, people won't wait for all the sliders to go through the sequence before they see them. They've actually probably already started clicking before that fifth or sixth slider actually get there. So now it's time to talk about making sure your new website or even your current website has a mobile-friendly design. 
what I would suggest you do is take a look at your traffic stats on Google Analytics. And what you'll probably notice is that more and more traffic is coming from mobile devices like smartphones or tablets. I've personally seen increases of, say, 30 to 50 percent year over year for mobile. And all of that is at the expense of traditional desktop computers. And it's only going to increase. Here are a couple of mobile stats to consider. 91% of all Americans own a cell phone of some kind. 79% of smartphone users have their phone on or near them all but two hours of their waking day. That's amazing. When people use mobile devices to search for products and services, 39% are more likely to call a business, 57% more likely to visit a store, and 51% are more likely to make a purchase. All these stats that I've just mentioned come from uh, pewresearch.org, adweek.com, and thinkwithgoogle.com. The easiest way to make sure that your new website is mobile-friendly is to make sure that it's built as a responsive website. A responsive uh, website design automatically adjusts to fit the screen being used by the consumer. So in other words, all the content on a page like text and photos and videos, they all stack vertically uh, to be displayed on any screen. So users just need to scroll Uh, to see everything uh, on the page. Before I wrap up this podcast, I do want to mention that there is a distinct difference between Google Mobile Friendly and Consumer Mobile Friendly. Your mobile site may be technically mobile friendly, but that doesn't mean it provides a good user experience. So just make sure that you review your website on different size mobile devices to be sure it's the way you want it. If it's not, Talk to your webmaster and make the necessary adjustments. That concludes today's podcast. Have questions, need any additional information, feel free to call me anytime. Like what you've heard? I'd love to get your feedback. I look forward to giving you more helpful information on my next podcast. That's it for this episode of the Spa Pool Marketing Success Podcast. Have questions, need additional information, or just want to talk about your business? Feel free to call us anytime. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to giving you even more helpful information on our next episode.